vicino I was told quite a lot about Napoli before I arrived here, or maybe warned would be a better way of putting it. This means I kind of had an idea of what I was getting into, and to be honest, I had low expectations. So it might come as a bit of a surprise for you to hear that I absolutely love this place. Now, I've been here for less than 24 hours, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but first impressions are pretty much how everybody described it. Chaotic, dirty, loud are just a few adjectives that were mentioned. Qualities that are not usually deemed as attractive, but here I am, in the heart of the madness, and unlike the rubbish, I've been swept away. The city seems unapologetically human, imperfect, a bit broken, but proud of what it is. And this is what I've come to love. If you're from Napoli, please don't take this the wrong way. But if I were to personify the city, I'd say it's a bit like walking into the house of a guy who got divorced a year ago. I don't mean like a bad divorce, a good one for both parties. And it's for the best kind of split. You see, it's not like walking into the house of an older person, pristine and everything in its place. And it's not like walking into a student's house, filled with budget furniture and broken glasses. This is the house of someone who had enough money to invest in some nice stuff, but just stopped looking after it for a while. They've stopped taking out the bins and there's dishes building up in the sink. But having said all that, there is a sense of freedom in the place. A sense of, finally I can be myself. This is what I get from Napoli. The water, the, the, the beach, the castle, the royal house, the Teatro San Carlo. It's very beautiful, but dentro is cash. Non puoi guardare, non look gratis. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, as I walk through the streets of Napoli, I'm going to let you in a little bit on my own stream of consciousness. You see, as I walk these beautiful but chaotic streets, it kind of makes me think a little bit of my own imperfections. And as I wander down these narrow alleyways, I also wander down some random memories inside my own mind. So if you're willing, come with me as I walk through these streets of Napoli and also reflect on some of my own thoughts. The streets are busy and in places like this I come face to face with one of my crippling weaknesses. My complete inability to predict if the person walking towards me is going to the left or to the right. 
In Spain, most people tend to veer to the right, leaving you with a clear decision of how to navigate a tight footpath. In the short amount of time I've been here, I've already been duped twice by this metric. This leads to the inevitable awkward confrontation. And don't forget how many times Irish people say sorry for this type of thing. It's in our blood and there's nothing I can do about it. Excusey, excusey, excusey. My indecisiveness, coupled with my over-apologising, leads most people to gift me the the what-the-hell-is-wrong-with-you facial expression. Understandable, I'd do the same thing. I've done some deep thinking on this before. How is it that I get into so many of these situations? You see, I'm quite a tall person, but believe it or not, I wasn't always that way. Between the ages of 13 to 15, I had what would be called a ridiculous growth spurt. As in, I would go to sleep and wake up taller than I was the previous day. This remarkable growth speed added a certain gazelle quality to my gait. My head, the decision maker, would decide a direction and communicate that message all the way down to my feet, which because of the distance between head and foot, would be a bit slow on the uptake. This results in a head going one way, feet going the other way kind of dilemma. It's understandable for the person coming towards me to get a bit confused by the gangly, multi-directioned person coming towards them. At least at 34, I'm starting to get the hang of my limbs, but at 14 years old, you could imagine it was quite the shock. I was never the best sports person in the world, but I wasn't the worst either. But this newfound height, often seen as an advantage, had left me truly uncoordinated. I was slower, a bigger target, stupidly skinny, and I have to say, this didn't do much for my confidence. In fact, I began losing interest in playing sports. The taller I got, the clumsier I became. Now, I'm not using this as an excuse. There's plenty of people listening to this who would have gritted their way through this phase, maybe joined a gym, bulked up, worked even harder. But I was awfully fond of spicy rings, the king of crisps. There was one arena where my height added to my performance, though. Like I said already, never been the number one guy. Literally ever. A few close calls in primary school, but never on the podium. Little did I know, Sports Day 2003 would have a different outcome. St. Paul's was and still is an all-boys school. It was encouraged not to smile there. Really, I mean that. One teacher once told us that if we were smiling, it meant we weren't working. Our yearhead, who was our yearhead for five years, always defended his indifference to us by claiming that if I don't know your name, it's a good thing. I'm sure the school has changed now, but when I was there, there was a whole bunch of teachers waiting to retire playing out their last few years and when I say playing out their last few years I mean they took the ball and ran it into the corner every single time anyway sports day was obviously a bit of a laugh a distraction from all of the misery I decided to enter the high jump competition as when else do you get the chance to jump on a big mat I had no idea how to go about the high jump That is to say, I had no technique, dexterity, or plan as to how I was going to manage to jump over the pole. I'm not much of a planner, but life kind of forces you to start planning sooner or later. 
But at 14 years old, everything was just go with the flow, followed by a packet of spicy rings. So, as I stood next to the line, ready to jump, I panicked. Realizing that there was quite the crowd watching, and that my new body often denied any kind of prowess in these athletic ventures, I closed my eyes in dread and accepted that I was probably going to make an absolute tit of myself in front of the whole school. They'd give me a kind of ironic name. Michael Jordan, they'd call me, or Air Kelly. I could see it all in front of me, but left with no other choice, I decided to run as fast as I could at the pole and then just do something. As I reached the pole, I closed my eyes, fully expecting to smash my face right through the pole and onto the mat. But to my surprise, my head had decided to communicate to my feet at breakneck speed. I genuinely don't know how I made it into the air, and I couldn't tell you if I scissor-kicked my way over the pole or just threw myself over the thing. For the first time, my lanky body had pulled off something impressive. I cleared the pole by a good foot. I landed onto the mat a new man. I could even hear a couple of fair plays from the gathering crowd. A few more jumps and to my absolute shock, I was named St. Paul's Under-15 High Jump Champion 2003. I couldn't believe it. Filled with a new sense of confidence and swagger, I could see our year head walking proudly towards me with my medal. Oh, he's going to know my name all right. Now he'll know my name because I'm a champion, an athletic hero. He walked towards me and I walked towards him. I reached out my hand to claim the gold medal from his hands. He walked up to me and said, Well done, Gary. You should be proud of yourself. Who the fuck is Gary? I thought. To my despair, all of my friends, originally there to congratulate me, had overheard his comment. I wasn't to be Jordan or Eric Kelly. It was even worse. Gary, they would call me. I went on and began to look at it in a more positive sense. Peter Parker has Spider-Man, Clark Kent has Superman, Mark Kelly has Gary. Even to this day, to just have a bit of a laugh at myself, will I do something well or have any kind of success, I pat myself on the back and say, well done Gary, you should be proud of yourself. We all need an inner Gary. When the times get tough, I reach deep and say, I need you today Gary. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Dear Gary, today's presentation is a big one. I need you today. Napoli, your beauty is in your imperfections, and I must admit, I love you for that. You remind us to be proud of who we are at our best and at our worst. And thanks for inspiring my little internal ramble here, horribly imperfect as it is, 
I'm proud of it anyway. <laughs>